0: This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so happy you're here. So I recently had an amazing opportunity to talk about this topic on live TV and I think that it's just, it's a timely thing to start my podcast with. And it's basically reset and de-stress. So, you know, stress is still a huge factor in today's world. And it is such a major problem that is affecting people both mentally and physically. According to the American Psychological Association, stress affects all systems of the body. That's right. Every major system of our body, it can be affected by stress. Now, WebMD reported that 43% of all adults suffer adverse health effects from stress, like high blood pressure, skin conditions, depression, and anxiety. And 75 to 90% of all doctor's office visits are for stress-related ailments and complaints. That number is staggering. So I always like to say at any time during the day, you can press the reset button right? And reset your day, just like you reboot your computer when it's not functioning properly. So here are my five tips to reset your day and help you reduce stress. Step one is exercise, right? Exercise is going to raise your endorphins. It's going to get your heart rate up, and that is going to help you reduce your stress. So take a walk in nature, dance to your favorite music, ride a bike, anything that you enjoy doing is going to help reduce your stress. Step two, Gratitude. Every day when you wake up, make a list of everything you have to be grateful for. And at any time during the day when you need to reset your day, focus on your blessings and feel its loving embrace. You will be amazed at how quickly you will feel better. Tip three, deep breathing. All you need to do is take 10 slow, deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. Okay? This is also an amazing way to reduce your anxiety. Tip number four, grounding or earthing. So this just simply means taking off your shoes outside and feeling the grass or the earth beneath your feet, right? This is energizing and balancing for your emotions. So imagine yourself walking on the beach if you've ever experienced that, right? The sun's shining, you've got a breeze blowing, you hear the sound of the ocean, but what's really happening is that your your feet are touching the earth. That's why it feels so great. So just take off your shoes and walk on the grass. You don't have to go to the beach. And the last step, number five, is trust. Learn to trust that everything is gonna work out exactly as it's supposed to, right? It always does. And I always like to add to that if you can control a situation, then there's nothing to worry about because you have control over it. If you can't control a situation, then there's no need to worry about it because it's something that is completely out of your control. So I hope you enjoyed these tips, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I want to share my two cents on the topic of Forgiveness. And the only reason I want to talk about this is because I had a conversation with a lovely woman last night, and I forget how, what we were talking about or how forgiveness came up, but she was just so like dead set on, I am not forgiving, I am not a forgiving person, and it's I know it's a character flaw, but it's just who I am. And so I let it go because you know when people feel strongly about something I'm certainly not going to to push them and try to convince them. I'm, I'm not a preacher. I you know I don't don't like force ideas on people. But I wanted to just share why I find forgiveness to be the most useful tool there possibly is in order to find peace in your heart. And that is when you forgive someone you are not saying or letting that person off the hook or saying what they did is okay. All right. It absolutely is not okay. What, you know, just whatever the situation may be. When you forgive somebody, what it is doing is it is freeing you from that bitterness that you're holding onto. Okay. Because that bitterness is just taking up space in your head. And what you're doing is you're giving your power away. All right. So just food for thought. If you are someone that has trouble forgiving, it is only going to make you feel better. You're not saying that what they did is okay and you are not by any means letting them off the hook. But what you're doing is you're enabling yourself to feel better. And that's what forgiveness is about. And sometimes you may have to work on it every day, every five minutes, every hour, every minute, whenever that bitterness shows up and the feelings of anger and resentment toward another person show up for you, first of all, it's okay, and you're normal, and you're human, and it's perfectly okay, all right? But most importantly, the only way you're going to let go of that bitterness and the resentment and the anger that you're feeling toward another human being is to practice forgiveness. So I'm off my soapbox now, and I'm going to my next guest for today's episode. Her name is Laureen Decort. Laureen is a mother of four daughters, that right there, she's a saint. (laughs) And she wrote a book that was put together about 25 years ago, and it's called Notes on the Train. And uh, it's just a really incredible story about how it all came about. So I hope you enjoy it. Hey, Laureen, how you doing today?
1: Hi, Sandy. I'm fine. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. So, so you're out in the west, uh, out in the west coast. Is that right?
1: Yes, I'm just north of Seattle.
0: Oh, it's so beautiful out there. Wow. You must love it.
1: Yeah, I love it. It's really, when I, I first came here uh, researching where we would stay, when we got off the airplane and it was coming down 518, I noticed all of the wonderful large pine trees. And it was like a city full of Christmas trees. And I loved it. And I've been in love with it ever since. Oh, wow. So how long have you lived out there? I've been here about 19 years now. Wow. That's awesome. Now,
0: I know you, when you sent me an email, you said that you lived in the DC metro area for a while as well. Yeah, that's where I've been here my whole life. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I was born in, in Washington, D.C., and I lived there all of my young years until my early adulthood. And then I moved on to Maryland, to uh, the Heightsville area. Nice.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know. I just, I'm an East Coast girl. I just, I, don't, I think I'll always be here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that too, until I came here and then uh, I really didn't mind missing it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, my husband and I are empty nesters, Well, but my son is still in college. So it really just depends on, you know, where they all end up, right? And yeah, yeah until my son's out of college, we're not going anywhere. So <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's see,
1: you have four kids, right? Yes. And what are their ages? Oh, dear. Um, Forty, two, 40, 38 and 37. So I also have empty nesters. But uh, two of my children came out west with me, and two stayed in Maryland. Oh, wow.
0: So you get back here every now and then. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But you know what? Once they're at that age, they need to come see their mama.
1: (laughs) 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 That's great. So tell me about your book. My book is is Notes on the Train. It's a book of poetry and prose. And I wrote it during a difficult time in my life. I was in therapy. And my therapist and I were unable to bridge the gap of what was bothering me because I would think of things I wanted to say after I had already left session or I wasn't forthcoming with talking. I was very nervous. So she suggested that I write down and start journaling. So rather than trying to say the things that were on my mind, I started writing them down in poetry form. And over the course of time, I I developed a lot of poems and People who I let read this said, this is really good. You should put it in a book. And I was like, oh, nobody would want to read that. But hearing that over and over again, I started thinking, well, yeah, maybe I do have enough for a book here. So, yeah, I put it in a book form and there we are. Oh, wow. That's really great. So do you mind talking about the troubles that you were going through? No, I don't mind. I was going through troubles, you know, My father had died. My marriage was on the, look looked like it was going to break up. I felt the insecurities that you always feel being a mother. Are you doing the best for your child? Could you do better? Uh, We were struggling financially. So all these things were weighing heavily on me at the time. And you could see that in some of the poetry that I was writing. You could see some of the angst that I was feeling coming through in the words of it. Wow. Wow, yeah,
0: I, I can totally relate to that, uh, not feeling that you're a good enough mom, right? <laughs> and I yeah. think sometimes our kids kind of put a guilt trip on you. I know mine does, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so, how did
1: the poetry help you to heal? It allowed me to get out the feelings that were inside and, and you know, pressuring on my mind. And I was able to put it out and then read it after I had written it. And then that gave me a little bit of solace and closure to some of the uh, feelings that I was having. And once my therapist read it and we read it together, then it was a feeling of understanding what I was going through and like not feeling that I was dealing with everything alone and other people can relate to what I was saying. So that helped a lot. Yeah, I, I heard a
0: long time ago, we're only as sick as our secrets. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and let me explain that a little bit. Sick, meaning you know we're not feeling good, that kind of thing. Because yeah, and the secret is you're, you're keeping it inside of you, right? So your ability to put that in poetry, number one, is absolutely beautiful in so many levels. But you're you, by expressing that, you're getting it off your chest. Right? right? It's no longer right. a secret. And then you shared it with your therapist. And now you're sharing it with the world. And that's, that's such an amazing and courageous thing to do. Wow.
1: Right. It almost didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like and to what? tell you. Why is that? Yeah. Tell me about it. I like to tell you about that. I had everything written down and saved on a disc. And I also had hard copies. And I decided on the spur of the moment that I should send a copy of my work to the Library of Congress and get a copyright. And that took me a a little bit of working with my nerves to get myself to that point, because I was like, who would want to read this? I mean, what kind of pretentious person am I that I think that I need to put my stuff at the Library of Congress? But I got through that and I was like, okay, I'll just send it. So then my marriage completely fell apart and I left the country and I had everything. I didn't have the hard copies anymore, but I had everything that I had written on disk. And years later, I went to open the disc and the disc was completely wiped out. It was gone, dead. And I was like, oh, no, I've lost everything. And I was very upset about that. And I used to talk about that with my friends and family. And then later, my later therapist, and she's like, you should write down, you know, what you were feeling. I was like, well, actually, I already did. But I lost it all. And over the course of time, this was 25 years ago that I had written down everything. And so over the course of time, one of my therapists was telling me um, you should write it down. And I was like, well, actually I did, but it only exists at the Library of Congress. And she says, do you think you can get a copy of it? And I was like, you know, I never thought of that. So I wrote to, <laughs> I wrote to the Library of Congress and asked them to send me a copy of what I had deposited. And they said back to me, well, if we got COVID restrictions going on, no one's going in the office, but as soon as someone goes in, we'll uh, copy it and get it back to you. Eight months later, here comes a mailman bringing me an uh, envelope from the Library of Congress with all of my work in it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, now I have it. So then I after that, I just went and immediately went into the process of starting publishing, getting it edited, getting it formatted. And then it became a book.
0: Wow. You are so lucky that they, they brought that up because I don't know that I would have thought about that either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. So those poems and prose that you wrote was 25 years ago? Yeah.
1: Wow. Now did you edit any of them? I edited them, yes, when I got them again because some of it was not very clean and there was um some, you know, grammar errors that I had made and the spacing was really horrendous because it was written in a different word processor. Right. I think it was word perfect at word the time.
0: Word perfect,
1: yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I remember Word perfect. <laughs> We're giving our age away, Lorene. <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that took a lot of reformatting for that, but um, it didn't need much, much changes. That's great. Well, you know, anytime people write, you
0: know, there, you, you always have to have it edited because number yeah. one, it's so hard to, to edit your own work, you know, mm-hmm. that's really great. So, so it's now out on Amazon. Yes, correct. That's incredible. Congratulations! And thank you. I want to go back to what you said when you were thinking to yourself, like, "Who am I to, you know, put this out there?" I mean, everybody that writes a book probably goes through that, right? Right. And unless unless it's somebody that's already has a name for themselves, right? True. But I mean, I I remember Lorraine when I was putting my book together, "Happiness Solved," climbing 100 steps. And I there were so many days where I had so much doubt, okay? And somebody, I saw a, somebody's quote that they had posted on Facebook or something, and I printed it out and I put it up on my wall. And I still, to this day, because I'm still doing a lot of creating and I'm putting together coaching programs and I've got this podcast, you know, I've got a lot of balls in the air. And there's many, many days where I get those doubtful feelings and what this quote says is there are people less qualified than you doing the things that you want to do only because they decided to believe in themselves right yeah yeah and and I think you know we get in our own ways sometimes you know and and it does it takes a lot of courage right cuz cuz I'm guessing and and I'm pretty sure this is accurate that a lot of those poems, you know, you were exposing your vulnerability,
1: right? Right. Can you share any of it? Yeah, there's a poem that I wrote about motherhood called uh, Hitting and Missing. And I go through the different things that people had said to me over the time. of Being a mother, you missed out on. I didn't finish college, for one thing. You don't get to go out and date, go out on dates and have fun and spend up money and go on lavish vacations because you got diapers and milk and dentures, I mean, braces and all these sort of things that your money is is requiring. And I list down all the things that people had said that I had missed over the years. And then I I I've brought it back that the things that I didn't miss, seeing my child's first steps, my child smile at me, you know, while we're breastfeeding and things like that, that only a mother and a father, to a smaller degree, can experience and share. And those things didn't didn't seem as important to me at the time. And so that poem goes over the feelings of motherhood and and the the joy and the experience that it brings you. And uh, another poem that I had, which was close to me, was my grandfather died, and I wrote about the things that my grandfather had done for me and brought to me as he gave me a. a Joy of Nature, for example. I love nature and everything, animals and things like that. And he also would come and visit us every Easter, and he would bring us an Easter basket with our name on it, and he would just drop by unexpectedly. He was like a will of the wisp grandfather. You didn't see him very often, but when you did see him, he his little short visit, he made it very important for you. And so I wrote down all the feelings that my grandfather brought to me in that poem. Nice. Now, I love the motherhood poem, what you were just
0: talking about, because mm-hmm. I think that that's I know a lot of, like, I have I have multiple friends that don't have any children. And they made that choice. And, and, you know, they're totally okay with it. And the thing is, is as a mom, yeah, we sacrifice so much, but wouldn't change a thing, right? That's right. Wouldn't change a thing. Wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I know... You know, my son, you know, I I only have one child and uh, which was a choice for me, but it was also my body wouldn't cooperate. So I did have five pregnancies, but only one child. And I I got to a point where I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Let's just have one. (laughs) But, you know, with, with him only being the only child, he doesn't necessarily recognize the sacrifices that I make because it's just him. Right. Right. So... Yeah, so I, I I can't wait for the day when hopefully he blesses me with some grandchildren so that, that he can really <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> that is when we get it back. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know? And and yeah. it's okay, and I don't expect him to, you know, because I want him to enjoy his life and love college and, you know, all the experiences because right. I didn't get that, right? Not because right. I had children. Right. It's just I chose not to go to college right out of high school. And, you know, I want him to experience that, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. My uh, therapist, when I gave her that this particular poem about motherhood, we fell into a habit where I would come in for the therapy and I would give her my poetry and she would read it. And then we would discuss it and go over it together and how it related to how I was feeling in the moment and over the time. So I gave her this particular poem as usual and she read it and then she put it down. I looked at it and she burst into tears and I was like, oh my God, I've broken my therapist. (laughs) And She she said that that poem touched her in so many ways and she actually had just found out she was pregnant. So um, it, it was so special to her and that poem because of that connection that I made with her is probably one of the most special ones for me. Oh my gosh. Any chance you could share that with us? now I'm not very good at speaking, but I'll hear Oh, you're doing great. You're doing great. Okay, hitting and missing. I have missed out on a lot by having kids. True, I have. I miss being able to pick up and go on a whim. I miss lots of sleep those long nights when one of them had colic. I miss those fancy clothes I walked by in the stores as I headed to the children's section. I miss pledging, hazing, and all the sort of things college people do by missing college. I miss job opportunities because I did not have the necessary schooling to acquire those high-paying jobs. I miss traveling to all those wonderful places we hear about because I couldn't leave my children for long periods of time with someone. I missed a lot of first-run movies selling for waiting for them to hit the video stores. I missed going out and dancing till dawn because I had to be there in case the baby woke up during the night. I missed the good parts in movies because someone had to potty and it can't wait, mommy. Or they had to have some popcorn, please, mommy. All these things I have missed. But I didn't miss that glow you feel when you first feel the baby move inside you. I didn't miss the wonder of hearing that little heartbeat and seeing that little gray form on the monitor. I didn't miss that warm face nuzzling up to me when I first held my baby. I didn't miss the laugh when she rolled over for the first time and saw how much fun the world was from this new view. I didn't miss the smile my baby gave me when she first realized that harried face peering over the crib at her was mom. I didn't miss my child's first wobbly step. I didn't miss the reassuring kiss I gave her as she started school for the first time. I didn't miss the wonderful warmth I felt on awards day as my daughter walked across the stage. I didn't miss losing my individuality by being forever labeled as my daughter's mom. I didn't miss the pumpkin patch trips and all those G-rated movies we had to chaperone. I didn't miss the lovely Mother's Day cards my daughter brought, complete with paste, glue, and the day's lunch stuck on the outside. I enjoyed every minute with each of my daughters. People often tell you the things you have missed and ask if you would do things differently if you had a second chance. I say to them, yes, I would do things differently. I would live the joy of each moment even more because, you see, I didn't miss anything. (sighs) Okay.
0: I can see I need to get myself together here a second. So, <laughs> wow, that was absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I muted it. A few, I muted myself a few times because I had sniffles sniffles. <laughs> <laughs> and thank goodness I have a tissue here. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That is just absolutely beautiful. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Whew. Okay, Loreen. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, that is just absolutely spectacular. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, uh, that was just, uh, so for any of the moms out there and any of the new moms out there, uh, get this book and read that poem over and over. My goodness. Wow. Okay. On that note, um, (laughs) (laughs) you have four daughters
1: Yes. Oh. They are all named Jay too. Jennifer, Jacqueline, Joanna, and Jillian. Oh, I love it. Love it. I can't imagine because I, as I
0: just said, I only have one and it's a boy, and he's a boy, a young man now. And uh, I have so many friends that have daughters and watch them raise them through their teens. And I was just like, I don't know how you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I also thought that when I saw, when my children started school and I saw the things that the boys were doing and I thought, oh my God, how are they doing it? How are they raising these boys? Jumping (laughs) trash cans and all sort of wild things like that. (laughs) It's just a different set of issues. But
0: I know when I found out I was having a boy, I was just so happy because my little brother was born when I was seven years old. So he was like my baby. And so I just, (laughs) and then I had two older brothers as well. And It was just natural for me to have a little boy. And then I think I was the most horrible teenage daughter you could imagine. And I was so mean to my mom that I didn't want to have another version of me (laughs) when (laughs) I was little. (laughs) And now I am paying my mother back for all of the mean things I said. And I take care (laughs) of her. I mean, really, I'm just her driver because she's fully Mm self-sufficient. But I just, you know, she can't drive anymore. So I'm, I'm like... Because every now and then she's like, ah, "I should I shouldn't have let you, you know, convince me to sell my car." And I'm like, "Well, mom, you're you're almost blind in one eye. Technically, you should not be driving, right? Your eyesight is not good enough." And I'm like, "And what are you complaining for? You have a full time driver. Like I'm here, <laughs> right? Yeah. Ever, most people would love to have somebody driving them around all the time." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, Lorraine. This was just such a joy to hear all about your your book and you read your poem. And you also have a YouTube channel. Can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, on my YouTube channel, I, I make greeting cards as a hobby, and I've been doing it about 12 years now. And on my video on my YouTube channel, I show different cards that I make in the process of how to make it so that people don't feel that they have to go out and buy greeting cards. So They can actually sit down with just a little bit of paper and glue and maybe a piece of ribbon or something. You can make a very pretty card and it will mean a lot more to the person to know that it is handmade and you took time for them. And I have, oh, I think about 250 videos on my channel by now. Wow. What's the name of the channel? I don't have any imagination, believe it or not. And I just named it Laureen Decourt. (laughs) That's okay. Well, you obviously
0: have (laughs) some imagination if you're creating greeting cards. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. That's really great because greeting cards are expensive.
1: Yeah. And if you have to, if you've
0: got multiple children or grandchildren, I mean, you can easily, you know, Buy four cards and spend twenty dollars.
1: Yeah, that's right. You can always go to the dollar store and buy a card, but it looks like a dollar store card. Right, (laughs) that's just not the same thing. But if you want to give someone something nice, then you would need to spend a little bit more money for it. Right. Wow, that's really something.
0: So, YouTube channel is Laureen Dekort. That's L-O-R-E-E-N
1: D-E-K-O-R-T. For anybody wants to. D E space K O R T. Got it, TV space. Yeah, there's a space in my name, yeah, yeah. Awesome.
0: All right, Laureen, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the
1: audience? Well, I would like to share for people who are who are in the same position I was, where you are journaling, and I know that's very popular with people right now, and writing, and, or any other aspect of your life that you have set aside, a secret part of your life that no one else knows about. I, I would like to share with people that you should just, take a chance on yourself. Just go ahead. And as you said, get out of your way and go out and put yourself forward and do something that you think is going to be helpful for you. And don't let the fear and anxiety of what will people think hold you back because you never know what can come from something. Like I never knew that I have a published book when I thought back 25 years ago, but here I am. I have now a book and I'm glad I did it. And I really would encourage people to have that feeling of going after your dreams. Because once you get on the other side of it, it's it's a really wonderful feeling and you just, nothing can replace it. It's empowering, right? Right. I love it. Laureen, thank you so
0: much for taking the time out of your day. And just, I wish you all the best in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Take care now.
1: You too. So that's
0: probably the first time that I listened to somebody's story or had them read something that literally I was almost sobbing hysterically. <laughs> and truth be told, I normally record the closing of each episode immediately following the interview. And I had to stop. I, I was like, nope, not doing it today. So I doing it on a different day, which which is also a first for me. Wow. That was just such a beautiful way to honor, you know, herself and her children. And I think it, it hit me so hard because my baby is turning 21 and it went by so fast. And, and it's hard. I know any of you out there who, you know, watch your kids go into adulthood, it's, it's hard. You know, it's, it's sad. And of course, you know, I'm happy for him and, and thrilled. But at the same time, it's, it's just hard. So please check out her book, Notes on the Train. So as always, thank you so much for joining me today. You can check out me on sandyscarlotta.com. Please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Coach Sandy Scarlatta And my book, Happiness Solved, Climbing 100 Steps, can be purchased on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And I hope that you and your family stay healthy and safe and that your life is filled with peace, joy, love, and forgiveness. Take care, everyone.